The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, I'm a disloyal person. This, this is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe at Cuse Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the militia. The road to the Final Four for Syracuse stops at Houston. The Orange struggled to score against the Cougars' defense, finishing with only 46 points to Houston 62. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you in fan feedback. Uh, look, before we get into all of that, I want to thank, obviously, everybody who hung out with us before and after every game this year. And, um, you know, this is our fifth season finishing up, but uh, doing talking SU basketball here on the podcast. So enough can't be said for the comments that were left that make the show good or bad. It's an integral part of, of the content, obviously, in the show that we do every week, every game. And, you know, look forward to doing it for football season, too. So everyone on Twitter, the top fans on Facebook, thank you, everybody. And, um, you know, we'll do our off-season thing as we head into football season. And, just, you know, hopefully... Now something tells me uh, there's going to be a little more action. Or is uh, college basketball? Oh, yes. Yeah, we're, we're going to get year. into that. Yeah, we're going to yeah. get into that. But, um, you know, just it means a lot to us. I know that we joke a lot about, um, you know, having five people listen. But the truth is <laughs> that usually every year this show grows. I, this year was a little weird with the with the COVID stuff. And, and it was just a lot to get through. I think that... The fans really felt it. I do this year with the COVID stuff and everything, and I just hope that when we get back for for football, that that stuff can can just be shelved. I hope by the time we start football again, that we that we got fans in the dome and that this these things can be shelved. And you know, um, you know, and as we come back too, doing the off season stuff and doing the football stuff. The, the the most fun that I have is taking calls. It's not always easy, but there's there's always new ways right. to do it, and we figured out a bunch of ways to do it. So whatever whatever we decide to do with call-ins or apps, whatever gets it done, obviously looking forward, I want to do a lot of that. So uh, we appreciate everybody again. And, um, you know, we'll be doing our thing here probably every week regardless. That's what we ended up doing last year, right, Joe? It was every week, wasn't it? Uh, I think every week or every other. Yeah, I think it was every week. Well, last year we it was different, right? Yeah, it was a little different. COVID things. Yeah, we had like the movie brackets, and we were kind of doing stuff to to put stuff out there, um, more or less. So, yeah, and you you create your own content when there is none to be had, and we did that, and it got a little goofy, but it was still fun. So we want to hit up the small little Syracuse news. Absolutely. All right, well, um, while we were all in, you know, awe of this team making it to the Sweet 16 and their little run and everything that was going on and the hype this past week with, you know, Buddy and Jim being on all the medias and uh, stuff like that, um, you know, uh, lacrosse team lost one to Duke by a goal, thriller, 15-14. I think those are two of the better teams in the country, so... Might be a, a preamble to something uh, later in the spring, but um, also women's lacrosse—they moved on to six and zero. They're number two in the country. Our women's basketball team uh, fell short in the second round against number 
one-seated Yukon who looked like an animal out there. It's just a well-oiled machine, and uh, yeah, they're going to be a tough team to beat. So they got ousted in the second round. Um, and as far as uh, football goes, we got two defensive linemen recruits in the last two days. One being Malachi Davis, three-star defensive lineman from Michigan, and uh, today, I don't know if that's Belazair or Belazar Bassett committed to um, obviously our team as well. Um, both uh, defensive linemen. So um, that's the little stuff, you know, as far as compared to the Sweet 16 game um, that's been going on this past weekend. So. Yeah, all that stuff gets lost in the shuffle. Well, obviously, I, I watched the women's game, and that was it was a tough one. They mm-hmm. were completely outmatched, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, Duke's number two in the country. So, and Syracuse's lacrosse men's lacrosse schedule slated with mm-hmm. just ranked teams everywhere. Rabbit. I think they played. They play UNC. They're ranked first right now. Obviously, they play UNC. I think they play. Uh, Notre Dame twice. I think they're sixth right now. So it's oh yeah, the ACC the, is stacked. Yeah, the the lacrosse. They're probably stuff, all going to make the tournament. And they're just going to beat each other up. So yeah, the lacrosse stuff is brutal for for the men's lacrosse, and to lose to number two Duke. Well, the at way, least they won all their nine conference, right? So yeah, well, there's what four and two, one and one in conference, something like that. So um not a bad start man you hate losing to duke no matter what the sport is i mean i just gotta be honest so um look true. uh before we get into the coach montage let's do a little bit of this here from the good folks over at bet online now the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the sports action the nba that's in full swing college basketball Heating up as we approach the Elite Eight, and you can get on all the props in individual games having to do with that. And, you know, if, if, that is if you missed out on the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Armchair Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts and ebay.com slash sneakers. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is a place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. Each purchase you make before March 31st through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send the screenshot of your purchase to Armchair at Armchair Media on Twitter and Instagram. That is at Armchair Media on Twitter and Instagram. They'll hook you up. Enter yourself. That's all you got to do. Buy sneakers. Enter immediately. Okay. Coach Montage. I'll be back. I got I got a lot of work to do, and uh, I know I can get a lot better. So uh, I got, got to get a lot better um, if everyone want to think about that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. 
full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. So I'm looking forward to being back and getting back to work as soon as possible. I thought that uh, I thought Houston was tremendous defensively. Uh, I thought we did a great job fighting back, getting back just before the half, and we gave them two buckets before the half and just two breakdowns. But their defense was just too much for us. Uh, you know, we missed some opportunities, but I just I'd give ninety percent of the credit to their defense. Uh, they're really a good defensive team. We did a good job on the boards. We we hung in there for us. We did a pretty good job, uh, uh, you know, defensively for most of the game. The end, we broke down a little bit, but we did a pretty good job defensively. But you know, we we scored twenty points in the half. Uh, we're not going to win. But again, that was a tribute to their defense. Their defense was really terrific. It's the the best defense that uh, that we've seen this year, and they deserve to win. Without going into the whole season, we were 16 down against NC State at home, and we won that game. Uh, and then we were 8-20 down to Notre Dame in the second half, and we won that game. And we had to win all those games, the Bryant, the Buffalo. I'm not even talking about Northeastern, which we were fairly lucky to win too. Um, but then winning the, the Notre Dame and NC State coming from that far behind and then we had to beat North Carolina, which who we hadn't beaten in ten, I think ten games, something like that. And we had we had to, to so we had to beat uh, ten regular season. We did beat them in a tournament, ACC tournament, but hadn't beat them in ten regular season games. Then we had to beat Clemson, which you know is a good team, a tournament team, and we did all that. It was difficult for everybody, but we've gotten through it. We played most of the games. The tournament's been great. We've had a lot of good games in this tournament, really good games. Um, the players got a chance to play. My son's at Cornell, and he's been miserable for six months, as have all the other athletes in the Ivy League, because they didn't even get a chance to play. And someday we're going to look back and say, why, why didn't we play? Why would we ever even thought about not playing? These kids, if they get sick, they're better. They're back in a few days or they don't get sick. And uh, it would have been a monumental mistake to not play basketball. And I give the Dan Gavitt and his crew, his people, an unbelievable job they've done to make this possible. I've seen 50 or 60 starters that have left programs in the last week to 10 days. I've seen five, six guys leaving programs. Being able to transfer and play right away means if you have any issue at all, any issue, you're going to leave. Those guys would never have left before, but now they're going to. We'll have guys leave, and it's, it's what's going to happen. It, it, that's what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, we just, in the next two to three weeks, as things happen, we're going to have to adjust to it and uh, start recruiting, you know, in the transfer portal because we'll have guys in there. And as last year happened, we lost three guys or four, three, three guards. And, you know, none of those three played anywhere where they went. We'll take one last question from Anthony DeBundo. Anthony, please go ahead. Uh, kind of a two, two-parter. Um, ha, has Jesse mentioned anything about potentially transferring? Because uh, uh, that's the first part. And the second part was you, you chose to take him out with about two minutes left in the half, uh, and he ended up being plus 10. They went on a 10-0 run right after he came out of the game. Yeah, uh, do you think him not being there hurt? Yeah, that's why, we, that's why they went on that run, I'm sure. He was tired. Okay. <laughs> really. That's just unbelievable. It's normal, Thanks, normal for Syracuse people. All right, this was a great year. I'm so proud of this team and uh, everything that they've accomplished. The guy that asked the question uh, two months ago said we wouldn't be in the NIT. So I guess that's so much for your credibility. This was a great year. 
These guys deserve all the credit in the world for what they've done, and we happen to lose to a really great basketball team tonight. All right, Joe, let's start at the top with Buddy answering any of the questions that may have been floating around out there about heading to the NBA or anything else and quite just basically squashed any of that. And I I didn't think that, I mean, obviously you look at what he's done and is it a possibility? Could he? Maybe. But is it in the best interest for him? I don't think so. I think his dad would let him know the same thing. And so maybe, maybe it was a conversation that they had and uh, coach coached him. I I would think so anyway. Yeah. I, uh, I could tell basically just by like the interviews and stuff like media and all the shows that they were on this past week when I went back and like listened to them that like when, when a guy asked him about the NBA, he was like, I never really even thought about that. You know, you can tell that he's just very comfortable where he is. This has been his whole life is being in that locker room, the coach, the dad, everything. It's it's different for him. You have to understand. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. And again, like, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but there were some, some things that happened, uh, on Saturday that kind of showed why he still needs some improvement. So a uh, 20 point first half, Joe, you hear coach breaking down his evaluation of the game and basically what it came down to 14 field goals for Syracuse at the end of the day, I believe uh, five, 26 points. Second half isn't much better. Well, and that's where I was going. You have a 20 point first half. You and I talked at halftime and said, look, I mean, this isn't going to get it done. And, you know, you got to come out. We said, as we talked at the half, and I may have even put on Twitter, I don't even know, that someone was going to have to step up. And Buddy sometimes does this thing where he has a, gr- a horrible first half and has a good second half or vice versa. And we were waiting for somebody to do something, and nothing really happened. Still, Buddy and Gerard, they tied for a team high, 12 points. Game high was 14 by Quentin Grimes who was, you know, in early foul trouble, but never ended up really being an issue. And when you think about foul trouble, getting someone in early foul trouble like that, even in the first half with just with the whole team, I mean, look, it seemed like that was going to be the way to go when you look at the first half, right? One for 10 from three in the first half. What else is there to do? You got to go inside. And I understand it's easy for me to sit here and say that, but as far as the, st- the strategy goes, seems like it should have shifted to, to that. Instead, yeah. they were waiting for it to click, and it just never did. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the problem that Houston poses is so, like, they do play that in-your-face aggressive uh, hand check, you know, and yes. you got to be able to just fight through that. And, you know, there's some teams that don't have the depth that Houston has, so they can just kind of – you know, they get in foul trouble. You get some guy in foul trouble, you start driving, matching their aggressiveness on offense and getting him in foul trouble. Then a lot of teams don't have that depth to continue that, and they'll have to kind of back back down a little bit. But the problem with Houston is, as you saw, I mean, they had a solid four-guard, four-forward rotation. Uh, I mean, all four of the forwards just seemed like it was like the same size person coming in doing the same thing every single time. Uh, and even their guards um, – you know, Sasser hitting those threes and Drew, the, the, Drew, the, the defense that he had on Buddy was just crazy. And that's kind of what I was going to talk about was that, well, I guess Buddy going against uh, an NBA defense caliber player. And, you know, it didn't look great. And obviously, Quentin Grimes, uh, very important to that team because they are a different team when he's not in there. We saw that in the first half. I don't know if, I mean, you got to give credit to that lineup that was in there when we made that run without, you know, Quincy and Buddy on the bench. But, a lot of that had to do with Quentin Grimes being on, on the bench as well and uh, their offense not being as as uh, as good. So um, there was a, a bunch of different little things like that. And even Marks, you saw the little lefty, the, the lefty guy that came in, he came in and he hit some shots too. So uh, the problem with Houston is, is that they got depth and they're all kind of interchangeable and um, you're not going to follow them all out. So they're not going to stop being aggressive. So you got to continue to match their aggressiveness we, pretty much we, through the we, whole game. In which right? we, we don't match up well with that type of defense, period. 
just driving just, to the hole don't. and getting buckets yeah. and stuff like that is not. I mean, that's why you saw Kadari in there as much. And um, you know, that's something that you know Coach talked about in the presser too. Was he was thinking that you know um, Alan Griffin could have been able to do something against these guys because of uh, the penetration that he can uh, provide, but. Um, obviously that didn't happen. So, and yeah. then he kind of thought that it was going to be a game where Quincy and Mark could have scored. And I, and I thought that as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just didn't happen that way. So I think he has eight, I mean, eight points in, in the, in the NCAA tournament in three games, something like that. His only two points last night came from the line. He was, he wasn't even shooting it a lot. Oh, for three from the field, two of those from three. And Griffin was a no-show. I mean, there's some of that in fan feedback. We can get, we can elaborate on that. Uh, the run to get to the, the run to get into the tournament for this team. You heard Coach rattle off some of the early stuff, the Bryant game, the Northeaster game. Yeah, you know, stuff you forget. Yeah, real quick, right? Yeah, you because you, you win it and you move you on. Slip up in one of those, right? Right. One yeah. of those we lose. One of those we lose, and, and, it, and it's a big deal. But not only that, coupled with the fact that they had to get, they had to those last three games of the season that they won heading into the ACC tournament, and then at least getting one ACC tournament win. And no two. Po- we had a tough game against Georgia Tech as well, but oh, okay. What What do you mean? Well, we only we only won the last two. We, oh, okay, okay. Oh, wait, you're right. You're right. You're right. So that that with that with you know going into the ACC tournament and and winning the first game and having to having to uh, play Virginia and playing them the way we played them, you know, get past the eye test to some extent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they definitely they definitely did. But um, it was it was three of the last. Yeah, you're right. It was, it was two of the last three. Three, three of the last four. Two. Heading into heading into the the uh, NCAA tournament. That's my fault. He said. I mean, when you really look back at the season, there was some. When you look back at it, think about the expectations. You know, um, I thought that I had semi high expectations uh, when Sidibe was healthy, and then he gets hurt, and then the whole season changes, and then there's a couple quarantine situations, and who knows if another quarantine or or COVID positive test pops up that doesn't you know take away a couple other games that we did win that would have taken away the uh, season as well. So you couple all that on top of all of the close games non-conference and the the comeback wins against NC State and Notre Dame to win those games. Um, and then we end up doing just enough to get an 11 seed, but at the same time, um, we came together as a team and we played our best basketball at the end. So um, at the end of the season, uh, we weren't playing like, an 11 seed. It's just, that's what our resume gave us. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, an incredible season. I mean, when you talk about the close games, the comebacks, uh, the sweet 16 run, all the pressers that Jim gave us, uh, you know, the story with buddy and them going on all these shows in the media and him scoring all these points. Like it was a great, when you look at it, it's a great season. You know, I mean, you, you can't look at a situation where, I mean, we're Syracuse fans. We've had one national championship. Now, we've been to a couple others, but overall, we're lucky as fans. And we just have to be able to acknowledge and be grateful for certain seasons that maybe don't end up in the Elite Eight Final Fours championship game, but just have so many memorable moments throughout the season. Yeah, and for these guys to go through all of the COVID pause and the, the sacrificing social activity during – the tournament during ACC tournament when you know when they're on the road just in general sacrificing all those things to, just to for the, for the love of playing the game and to give us what we want on television without having fans at many of these places Syracuse basketball played in the dome and never had a fan in the in, in the dome this year they never got to experience that and i think it's James i think yeah James sneaking in the back door i i, I think it's shameful Honestly, and I'm gonna, and I don't regret saying it, and I'm gonna stick to it that there was never fans allowed in the dome. I think it's, I think it is, an atrocity. <laughs> I think it's so dumb. You could have at least let students in or something. Something could have happened. But hats off to this team for coming over, overcoming all of those those things. Little they seem to us, but 
you know, just goes to show the heart that this team has. And I think that, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky. I think that everybody is lucky to, to just jump into what coach was saying to get to play. We're so lucky we had a season this year. It could have just as easily been canceled. I think the whole, I think the, I think the whole football season really helped come, coming into basketball season and, and showing and showing kind of giving you a little bit of a template of how it could be done though. It was every week instead of like two, three, one, two, three times a week. It was a little bit different, but I think that the football really helped that. And we should just be happy, honestly, that we got to do it and we're getting to watch what we're watching yeah. today with well, March Madness. Too, so. you, have, you have to look at the fact that coming into this season, I mean, we remember CDB at the end of the year, right? And even at the end of this, like these last six, seven games, right? We've seen the impact of what an actual size. Of yeah, a center. We, we played all year with a with a with a six ten eight hundred and eighty pound forward. We never right. had a true center in there, really. Right. So you talk about a season where you come in thinking you might have this double double guy based on what he was at the end of the year last year, and all of a sudden, four minutes into the first game, completely just. Done the whole, and then there was a little time in the middle of the year where he teased us, came out and played another game, and it got to a point where I think it was a situation where okay, Sadibi's out, okay, we got to figure out what we're going to do while he's out. He'll he'll come back, and and then he didn't come back, and then it's like okay, now we need to like readjust everything and figure everything out. And um, when Jesse was coming in, even last night, you know, the last couple of games, you know, uh, just being able to see the impact of a true center on that defense and this team uh, gets me excited about next year. And I hope that Jesse gets more opportunities. I hope that Sidibe can actually be, be healthy enough with his knees to actually come back and actually put in a year where, you know, of what we expected like this year. Um, but, yeah, that's just another thing on top of it that just made this year special because, you know, Jim, he had a – he had a plan coming in, and like I said before, Alan Griffin doesn't get all those minutes, and who knows even what this team looks like if Sadibi never gets hurt. Yeah, we'll we'll never know. Which leads it's me the great to, unknowns. Yes, yeah, it is. And for what Coach like, what did, what happened if Fab Mello played in the tournament? Tournament. Or Rizzo, <laughs> never yeah. Got well, we'd have a hundred and one more wins, right? right? Coach would have a hundred and one more wins. I'm uh, not saying about him. Play, I'm saying like he didn't play in the tournament, and Jose Onawaku he didn't play in the yeah. tournament. Those are two seasons where we were. That was very, a one very, seed with Lorenze, yep. and uh, he ended up not being able to play. Uh, so that leads me to this transfer portal madness: the ability mm-hmm. to go ahead and jump ship right away and play <sighs> has created somewhat of a conundrum for every team of cr- across the NCAA. So if you have one little conflict, a personality conflict or a disagreement or a this or a that, it allows these kids to be <laughs> super picky or allows the coach to be whatever. And, you know, you've got a lot of these, these guys exiting teams that were starters, like coach said. So, um, I think it's, um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch because it's gonna be like true free agency, you know, instead of instead of um, the way it was with having to sit out a year. No, yeah, without the money, sport like playing time is the you know. I mean, who knows? Maybe there is money involved. You never know with some of these schools, you know. But I'm just saying, uh, it's in Kentucky. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a situation where I mean, you, you listen to Jim talk about it, and I think uh, obviously he's not a fan. Obviously, he's old school. You, you know, when you listen to him talk, he's like, you know, some of these guys are getting mad and they're leaving and transferring because the coach, you know, was coaching him. He was being tough on them, and this, this, and that. And um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I hope that he can. Um, I mean, with the relationships that he has with some of these coaches, and I know he's not a big fan of this, but I hope that he can take advantage of it. Because yeah. I'll tell you what, the guys that are going to be like that, you know, you get coached, and, you know, all I was do is coach him. I was being hard at him. I was trying to push him to be a better player, and he just couldn't take it. Like, those type of guys, you know, you don't want on the team. So, in one aspect, you know, I know that Jim's not a fan. 
So, but I also hope that because of his beliefs on it, like that he will take advantage if he needs to and, you know, grab the, the right players. But I mean, you heard him talk about it, 50, 60 starters he's seen leave. I mean, just going through, you know, the ACC, I was looking at it like Boston College, Winston Tabs, Jay Heath, Rich Kelly, all gone. Pretty much all their guards gone. Clemson, they and lost. Uh, and that's because they sucked. They want to go somewhere and win. Um, probably, yeah. And yeah. Clemson lost a, a, a four-star forward, Prosper. Duke lost Goldwire and Brakefield, a couple other guards. Backups, uh, right? Huh? They were bench players, weren't they? No, they played. Both of them played. Did they were both starters? I don't know if they were both starters. Oh, Goldwire was a senior, though, so I can understand where he might want to go somewhere else. Um, especially considering Duke usually has good recruiting classes, so there's probably somebody coming out. Coming in but, anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Louisville lost a big man. Miami lost four guys, one of which is Chris Likes, little point guard that we didn't really get to see this year. Wake Forest lost three guys. UNC lost um, Kessler, the big man, who I thought was pretty good. So kind of glad that he's, you know, we'll see what happens with Garrison Brooks and Baycott. But, um, and I also hear there's rumors of more to come at, at UNC too. So plus, plus little... us, we've been playing, so now now all of that can all those shoes can drop for us too. Well, the well, yeah, and I mean Pittsburgh, Audis Tony, Xavier Johnson, Terrell Brown, yeah. another forward, um, Jalen Cohn left Virginia Tech, uh, but they did they did uh, actually get a six four point guard from Kansas State uh, transfer in, so. Maybe that was kind of why he went in there. But, yeah, I mean, you might see it coming down. But the funny thing about it is, is when you look at it, like the successful teams, like they're not really – like I looked at like Virginia and Clemson really didn't have a lot, you know. Um, Georgia Tech, some of these teams that are stable um, right now with some young and up and coming, coming teams, like they don't have really transfers right now. But, you know, we shall see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to, we obviously we're probably going to lose some. We're going to see what we can well, gain. Yeah, and it's I mean that's be... what Jim said, right? Yeah, I mean, he knows speculate. what's coming. Let's speculate. Come okay, on. all right. Well, before we speculate, because you're running heavy on me, before we speculate, we are going to speculate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have, or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. 
Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. We have a little fun. But first, before we do, one more time, let's hear from the good folks over at Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Uh, the obviously the Elite Eight is coming to be settled tonight, and there's going to be all of those games you can get in on going towards the championship for the NCAA. Uh, they have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code ARMCHAIR. It's a 50% welcome bonus. Use the promo code ARMCHAIR on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, ebay.com slash sneakers from rare dead stock to the latest release you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on ebay as the original sneaker marketplace ebay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing in partnership with ebay armchair media will be raffling off four custom made sneakers each purchase you make before march 31st so you only got a couple days left through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for one a pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram. That's at Armchair Media on Twitter or Instagram to enter. Good luck with that. Thank you, eBay.com slash sneakers. Okay, so Joe, you want to you want to mess around? You want to mess around and cause trouble? Okay. So I could see a situation where Alan Griffin goes. I don't know yeah. if now look. Last night I watched I watched his body language when Coach pulled him out after twenty seconds and he airballed the three. I think it was the first shot, his first shot of the game, but it might have been Wasn't the first. Bad. Huh? No, it was fine. He was shaking his head. He was like, "Yeah, yeah." He was he was he wasn't rolling his eyes. He wasn't walking away. He was listening. So that gave me hope. I look. I'll get into more of this Alan Griffin thing. We're just stating names right now, but I'll get into more of the Alan Griffin thing and fan feedback. Um. I could see a situation where Woody Newton goes. Yeah. But those would be my top. Those would be my top two, really. I mean, maybe a slight chance of Jesse Edwards, but I don't. I don't know. I think it would depend on. I don't think Jesse. I I don't think so either, because I think it's. I think it's. What's he going to do? Where's he going to go? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to pick him up? I mean, I just honestly, I, I'm with Coach, man. He just wasn't ready this year. I'm glad to see it, um, you know, come but to. But he played. But he did play. But he I'm started getting. I mean, I think well, honestly, I like, know, and that's what I was about to say. I'm, I'm glad that that happened. But let's be honest, you know, it wasn't like a consistent thing all year where you're like, Jesse Edwards no. can play and he's not getting minutes. That wasn't the right. case. Who you got? No, I think we're going to go in next. I don't think we're going to go in next year thinking that, uh, assuming that that Edwards is going to get minutes in every game. Uh, even if CDB does play, I think that's a good uh, little lineup. Um, as far as big guys go, I think Frank Anselm. I think that he he reclassified, so I know that he technically should be a senior in high school right now. So I don't really see a situation where he would transfer, but I would see a situation in which John Baljak might transfer. Okay, um, yeah, that's that's maybe one. As far as as far as Frank Anselm goes, I think that was I think that was a known coming into the season for Frank. Oh, I, yeah. I he think he knew he wasn't going to get much opportunity. Right. Okay. Go ahead. No, I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, sometimes kids are just, they dominate in high school and they're not trying to mess around. They get their high school, uh, you know, diploma and they want to get a head start on school and everything. I mean, I think he's going to get redshirted this year and I'm, you know, getting the head start on school this year and everything um, will alleviate some things uh, and allow him to concentrate more on basketball in the future but uh yeah i mean you can see he's got a big body um saw him in a couple games but uh i think that's one guy that definitely uh has some upside and um i'm not really worried about him john boljock though yeah he he sat out last year and then this year he came in and now obviously jesse edwards is definitely above him Mm -hmm. um and then a lot of it is i think gonna have to do with whether or not sidibi um decides to come back whether or not those guys decides to come back right yeah, you know, and it's it's. I have my own thoughts. I, I think that we talked about that, in which it sounds like Sadibi. He's really just gonna 
Just it depends on his knees, realistically, medically wise. Uh, would, as far he, as Mark goes, he would come back um, if he thinks he can. Right. As far as Mark goes, I'm still kind of up in the air a little bit. I'm I almost. The, I love the guy, but I think it had to me with me personally. For me, it depends on if Quincy goes to the NBA or not. Well, I don't think that's. I don't honestly think like. It's just my opinion from what I've seen, especially at the close of the season. He's been really nowhere. Right, and I, think I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I think, I think you need D- to show someone. I think you need to show these guys something late. If there's someone that's going to come up to him and tell him he's NBA material and to start to start the process, I mean, you want to get yeah, your but toes it's all about wet. Potential though, too. I understand. In the NBA, it's all about potential. You know? I understand. Uh, I just think it would be yes, a bad move. After, once he, once we got into the ACC play and he started playing against guys that didn't have mismatches and stuff, you could tell that there was a little bit of a difference. So I would expect him to be back. Yeah, and I, I, I and hope. I'm telling you right now, right now, our only recruit right now, Benny Williams, is five star Benny Williams, and I've been watching some of his stuff. Guy's good. The guy yeah, will be forward. playing. Forward, uh, power forward, forward. Uh, so I mean, six yeah. eight. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I don't think I mean it realistically, and I think that's where the you know conundrum comes in a little bit with the forward situation because. I don't see a situation after you see how Jesse played. Like even if Sadibi doesn't come back, I still th- I think that either him or Jesse are going to be the starter at center. I don't I think, think Sadibi. I don't think Sadibi's going to be healthy enough to come back, bro. Just I mean, with the, with, with the history in 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 this the so medically speaking, this was supposed to be a four to six week recovery on the um, was it meniscus right on yeah. the meniscus. And he wasn't. He just he couldn't go. He couldn't go. No. Yeah. So I, that doesn't that doesn't look like a it doesn't look like a good situation for him. Look, I hope he's uh, going to be. I hope he does come back and he can play stronger than ever. But he's had issues. He has issues, and I just don't know. So that leaves a void either way. No, either way, I still think I don't want to see another season with Marek starting at center. Oh, me I either. Me I think either. I'm over. I think I'm over that. If Mark's yes. going to come back, I want him to play his true power forward. But at the same time, I just don't see that there's space. I mean, that guy has lost basketball seasons, professional basketball seasons, in the last four years playing at Syracuse with the wear and tear and all the sh- <laughs> the crap that's happened to him. Like, <laughs> just I, I don't think he has anything else left to prove. And I mean, he can still go. I think and make money. Somewhere playing basketball, and I think that that's probably what he should do. As much as I would welcome him back, I think, but that's going to create a bottleneck, man. Yeah, from an emotional kid is good. From an emotional standpoint, I want Mark to come back because he's the he's the fan favorite. You know, I mean, as far as the lovable guy, like, and we got to enjoy it for four years and. On on that end of it, I want Mark to come back. But to your point, yeah, I totally agree. I, I just. If he can go make money, I think he should, and we will bring in some, you know, some new talent and see what see what's going on at center. Once that gets figured out, see what's in the transfer portal. I think is going to be the best bet for Syracuse. It's going to be the best bet for the team. I think. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, if there had to be one, who would you rather we keep between Braswell or Newton? Between Braswell or Newton, right? I would say Braswell. I mean, I've seen him play more. I think he's developing more than Newton, and but he's been here longer, so I, I don't. It's a tough this one. This is his third year. This is Newton's first year. Yeah, I it's mean, a tough one, seen, dude. I just haven't seen have, enough Newton. Not enough, but I think I've seen enough to know. I, I personally think that he is got the potential to be a better player than Braswell, especially considering, you know, coach talking about, you know, his legs and certain situations with the shins and, and, you know, he's just not a hundred percent. And I just don't know how much better. Like, I think we've seen, we've been speculating about Robert Braswell transferring for three years. I know. know. (laughs) And the sad thing is, is that it could easily be a Jesse Edwards, Quincy Garrier and Benny Williams starting lineup in the backcourt and, Maybe they both transfer, but Braswell's a good kid. I don't know. Well, you know, you never know where these kids' heads are at as far as like academically wise, and uh, you know, maybe he stays. It seems like he's kind of 
okay with whatever role he has to kind of play. But I don't know if Woody's there. I don't know if Allen's there, you know? I, I worry I mean, about hell, Allen. my dark horse is Joe. Yeah, I don't think so. I just think he's Syracuse. I mean, in his own <laughs> yes, mind. In I, his own mind. I get it. I get it. But he's proud I, to wear the I uniform. Think. I I know I know what you're saying, but I think I think from him from a personal perspective, looking at it from his point of view, I think he wants to be at Syracuse. Oh, 100. percent But again, Jim isn't going to beat around the bush, and you're going to have to have honest conversations with these kids and be like, "Look, like I don't think he's there though." <sighs> but I, like I, I said, I, I mean, know. you don't think that the conversation is going to be look if Kadari does something this summer and he makes a leap like we're going to oh, be I was told we need all three guys off the bench. Why would it change? Well, that's what he told us. Yes. But <laughs> the kids have to be okay with that. Yes, absolutely. He started I know. the last two years. He's a superstar in high school and on both sport and everything like that. Like that's a tough pill to swallow. So again, like I said, just speculation and just throwing out reasons why certain people might think about it. But, I, I understand. Uh, but, do I think that everybody's going to do it? No, but obviously Jim, he don't beat around the bush either, but he definitely kind of tells his, his stories and codes a little bit. But um, what I got from it, I don't know if you didn't get, but I mean, there's definitely going to be people transferring. Oh, there's going to be, there's going to be some, yeah. Well, he already knows who they are. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the, those conversations have been had already. So uh, we will see. Obviously, it'll be interesting, and we'll keep you up to date on that. And I think it'll be interesting more so to see what we can find. would love to get a great find inside the transfer portal at center. That's me. So, uh, real quick, just to finish up the coach montage, which we've been on for, I don't know, way too long. Uh, the press conference is Anthony DeBundo. So, look... You know, we got one more last, one more last snickery attitude. But, uh, you know, I am going to miss that until next season. And it's been a ride this year with the press conferences. I have never looked so forward to press conferences in my life. Does Coach contradict himself in press conferences? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. All the time. Who cares? I love it. I think it's hilarious. So, yes, he contradicted himself. By the way, he contradicted himself again in this one when he said he was tired. But we were told earlier this year that the kids don't get tired. So, I mean, whatever. It's fine. They get tired, okay? Everybody knows they get tired. It's visible. I can see it on TV. I know, I know. So, that's, again, one of those things where, like, He's just the snark. I love the snark, man. I'm a snarky you know guy. I love it. This is the way I look at it. Is Jim's not stupid. All right? And these people know, like, the questions that, like, if they ask this question, they know what kind of remarks. Yeah, is, is Jesse going to transfer? Like, he's going to be like, he, oh, yeah, he's, he's going to transfer. about transferring. And this, yeah. like, like, what kind of question is that? Yeah, that's why I've started to play him more and give him minutes so he doesn't. Yeah, right? I mean, like, what the hell? No. Like, right. What are you talking about? It's just it's a ridiculous question that deserves a ridiculous answer. Yeah. Play and stupid I'm right game there. Right there with Jim. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's totally I get. stupid. A ridiculous question deserves a ridiculous answer. Leave you it up to You deserve everything you get. And they probably like it cuz it's going to get hits. Yeah. And it's going to help them. He's Good so- for you for not being a great reporter so you got to just, you know, ask a dumb question to get yeah, oh, what, what did you go? What, you know, he had, he did ask the question last. Maybe he checked off all of his top. Maybe he checked off his his top five, and that's all he was left with. But oh, at some man, point, you got to have some restraint and some like thing. some obvious like like have some self awareness. Like you know that question's going nowhere. But thanks for asking it though, because yes, you just, thank you. <laughs> because it's entertaining for us. So with that said, it's time that's to hear why from you. Still do it exactly. Time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. All right, it's time to hear from you as we have done every game this season. And we go on the socials. We put down there uh, thoughts on the game. You respond. We talk about them a little bit. This time I asked for thoughts on the game and the year. 
So uh, let's see what we could do in about 15 minutes, Joe, okay? Another slowish start. Oh, at R files 90 on Twitter. Another slower start, hit bottom, but got hot at the right time and had a good run with some national spotlight to send the season. Uh, would like to see next year's team start clicking sooner and get back to an overall standard that we've come to expect more. Can't wait. Yeah, look, what they did though, and we touched on it, what they did with that slow start, the turnaround that they made and the growth that this team had and the heart that they showed cannot go unnoticed. And, you, and, it, and, it, and it goes unnoticed if they don't have the slow start, right? So um, do I like it? No. Obviously, we want to get back to the, the standard like he was talking about where we don't have to do this bubble crap every year. And sit here and wait and see if we're going to get in the tournament. Rather, sit and wait what seed we get. And that was me growing up as a kid. That's all I remember. Yeah, we're going to be in the tournament, but where are we going to be seated, right? So, at Q's names, fun last month, but seeing the same issue of the past seven years uh, be the problem sucks. Shocked we got this far with this squad. So major props to the kids for fighting to get to the Sweet 16. Wish the future were brighter, but maybe we'll find some big-time additions still. So even if we don't, Joe, how do you feel, you know, if you can speculate a little bit on the transfers, but if we don't find something in the transfer portal to fill the void at center, how do you feel with uh, Jesse Edwards starting next year? And bringing in Benny Williams and possibly not having Marek, let's say. I think that's the most realistic situation if we don't bring someone in. What do so you think? So and Marek gone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely going to be a situation where that's going to be tough. Because then it's going to force a John Boljock or an Anselm to be ready. Yeah. So, I think based upon those situations, uh, that's really all... Yeah. I mean, they got to look at it. There's some big guys in the transfer portal, and uh, if they think that we can get better there, or if they think someone else is better there, then I get it. But um, you never know. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a tough situation either way because I don't know what Mark's going to want to do, and um, I think we got to wait for that decision more or less um, before we can talk about it. Because I think if Mark does come back, then then we might not go for it. But I think the, the, the situation that you explained, we definitely would definitely would need to get a big man um, one way Ready. or another. Yeah, somewhere. Otherwise, the bottom line is, is, again, we got to, I mean, if we don't get one of the transfer portal, then, you know, one of, two, one of our two guys behind him is going to have to get to get better and step up. You know, that's yeah, going to be on the coaches. Gotta, that's we, probably the saddest, not the saddest, the scariest <laughs> That is the worst-case scenario for yeah. this team right now, going into next year. That's why I gave it to you. It's the worst-case scenario. Yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. So, That's why I just fumbled through that whole thing. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I didn't even think about that. Well, I'm just saying, worst-case scenario, what do we do? You know, we're basically – the answer is what Joe basically said in so many words is we're, we're looking at another slow start. So they've got to find somebody. They don't really, coach doesn't really have a choice. Like Joe said earlier, this, he, he knows a lot of people. He knows what he needs. He's going to go out there and find it. I guarantee you find something. So I don't, I don't think there's anything to be worried about. We'll see. At Cuse Waterboy, amazing run to make it to the Sweet 16, but you just can't beat as a team. Wait, let me try this in standard English this time. Amazing run to make it to the Sweet 16, but you just can't beat a team as talented as Houston when everyone is ice cold. Looking forward to next season when we uh, can all bring some energy and noise back into the Dome. Amen to that, brother. Amen, brother. Preach it. Preach it. That's what I'm talking about. And, yeah, Houston, freaking talented, man. Talented. When, when what was it? They allow fifty eight points a game, bro. They do, they do. Well, that's who I'm going to be cheering for for the rest of the tournament. So. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. I mean, I they're my second choice. They're my most realistic choice. But I gotta, you know, Oregon State with the Thompsons in there. Oh come on! 
I was looking. I I know, but hey, I could still cheer for him, Joe. I mean, come on. I was looking. I was looking forward to that matchup. I thought it'd be some great conversation to have, and I think it would be great going into that game. Some of the media that might be involved with it, but yeah. but whatever. We didn't get it. So <laughs> at Q's Nation Ten, great game. What a run! No one thought in December we would see this team in the second weekend of March. Got to be happy about the season. Maybe not the game. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, yesterday, I was defeated. I was depressed. It was sad. I was frustrated. But you can't be that upset. Out of, you know, out of... I kind of spoke about it earlier, yeah. Yeah, out of 68 teams, you know, we got down to the last 16. So, uh, at JForge17, can't complain. Alan Griffin can go. Kadari should start with Joe coming off the bench. Edwards is going to be a big contributor next year. If Benny is as good as advertised next year, could be special. So... Look. So he just hit up the whole podcast. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But he brought up he brought up Edwards, so I want to touch on that. To say Allen can go, I think, is a mistake. I think that Allen had more of a learning curve this year than what was maybe expected of uh, that. Maybe more so, more of a learning curve this year than coach expected and he expected. Right. I think that it just didn't mesh well but when he was good there were certain games where he was amazing and it was a little bit of hero ball and stuff and he needs to learn to play a little bit better as a team and he needs to learn to play better defense but I think letting Alan Griffin go like just be like he can go I don't know I don't agree I would like to see Alan Griffin return because I think he's going to be way better next year I think so too and I had this conversation with my dad because when you look at the guard spot like I honestly, I look at Alan Griffin as real. Like I said, we'll never know. But if Sadibi was healthy, Alan Griffin wouldn't have had the games. He wouldn't have had the, you know, the uh, the honorable mention ACC. He wouldn't have had the minutes. He wouldn't have had all that time. So, uh, and I think that he came in knowing that. You know, I mean, I think he was smart enough to understand that these were going to be the starters, and that he was going to be the sixth man coming off the bench, and. I really honestly think that we put him in a tough situation, but he had to try to do it, was play the bottom of that zone. I mean, I really look at him as a, as a two guard, you know, and um, even like, you know, Joe, he, as much as he's got, you know, two guard shooting guard uh, tendencies, he's worked to get better at the point guard. And you've seen that he's, he's, he's done a little bit better job with that, but um, he leaves then, you know, we're left with Kadari buddy and Joe at the top Um I think next year we'll have enough big guys down low to where Griffin's not going to have to play the bottom of the zone, but what's going to come with that is him not starting. And I think he's got to be okay with that. And same thing with Joe. I think it's realistic to look at Joe as Jim Beheim and say, look, like Kadari's, if Kadari makes a certain jump, you're going to be coming off the bench and you got to be able to have that honest conversation because those guys got to be okay um, coming off the bench because you know Buddy's going to start. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of tough conversations, I think, mm-hmm. this offseason. Dominic, top fan on Facebook. It was a really fun ride down the stretch. Love Jesse Edwards and Braswell's roles expand late in the season. I'm excited for next season. Hopefully we can get better athletes so we can compete against lockdown defense players that cause the Houston – lockdown defensive players – because these Houston players just shut us down. Yeah, look, they did. We were shut down. That was bad. So uh, the the expanded roles of Jesse Edwards and Braswell late in the season. I don't know. You know, we you, the, when we talk about winning games is you know we talk about there's a lot of times there's not one thing you can point to a win or a loss that caused it. But the season, you know, I think there's a couple things that need to happen in the season for us to even make it and get to where we got a chance to make it to the sweet 16 and that was buddy. And that was the expanded roles of Jesse Edwards and Braswell late in the season. I think if they don't, if they're not able to go or they're not as good as they were when they were good, I think we don't, you know, there's a chance we don't even make it in. Well, and that's the thing too, is that there's like not, and that's the one realization that I came across with Houston is that there's a lot of flawed teams out there this year. There wasn't a lot of complete teams. You didn't have the normal schedule and the normal time to be able to 
to develop your teams and develop the roles and, and responsibilities. And I think you saw that. I think you saw that with Duke and Kentucky not making the championship. You know, I think you saw that with uh, other traditional teams um, struggling in some of the upsets in the tournament. Um, but Houston was just one of those teams where they had everything. You know, I think that we got better as the season went on, but there was always a situation where we could have a mismatch or find a mismatch or, or, you know, the two, three zone, you know, the team couldn't figure it out and it just messed with them. Um, you know, I just don't think that there's a lot of great teams, but a bunch of good teams with flaws. And if you can expose them and you have a good matchup, then you can make some things happen. And, um, really only when you step into the big, the ring with the big boys and you start seeing you know, the Gonzagas and some of these teams, Baylor, Houston, what these teams are doing to, I mean, you're really looking at, there's only really a couple really great teams. And I'm telling you right now, I mean, I'm looking at Houston, Baylor, Michigan, Gonzaga, probably final four. And, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, everyone else is pretty much beatable. So, yeah, that's how this season went, man. And, and to Michael's point, top fan on Facebook, I really thought we had a good chance again of beating Houston based on their size and strength of schedule. Nevertheless, we were clearly outmatched tonight, and the better team won. This looked like the team that we saw most of the season. Overall, you can't complain with a Sweet 16 run. At least it strengthens the brand and may help with recruiting in the future. Great season, and I'll be counting the days till we come back with fans in the Dome. Amen. Preach it, Michael. Preach that. Yes. Okay. That's great. Uh, great Michael, Michael has had a string of fantastic comments. We appreciate you, Michael. And um, although he was predicting a Final Four run for quite some time, that's okay. You know, you, you, you said it today, Joe. You get past Houston. This is the as, as one of the more deflating thoughts that you could have. You're going to the – there's a good chance you go to the Final Four. So, um, yeah, but, but it just goes to show, you know, when you look at its team size, just the athleticism of Houston, man, just, uh, just some great athletes and, uh, well coached talked yep. to Tyler last night. He says he watches a lot of NBA and, um, you know, he sees, a, he sees them running some NBA plays in there and stuff like that. So yep. just, just, you know, well coached high basketball IQs and, I mean, what else can hey, you last say? Last time, last time, hey, that guy comes in, Samson. He's been waiting to be coach. Against, yeah, yeah. Last time they played, he was the coach of Oklahoma when we won the national championship, and we beat him in the Elite Eight, I believe. Okay. So, or he's, yeah. So I'm sure he's been chomping at the bit, and hey, had a great game plan. Uh, his team played great, and like what Michael said earlier, like the best team definitely, definitely won. Yeah, top fan, Robert. So where to start first? I thank you for this game, this thread every game. Hats off to Houston's defense, and Jawar is a warrior. Uh, Drew is a warrior. Uh, second, well, this was a hell of a run. I don't question coach, but why was Edwards not in more in the second half? He clearly changed the game in the first. Well, he was tired. Third, where the hell did Griffin and Gary A go? Could they not stand that Buddy was getting the attention? Four, screw the refs. Uh, I heard a couple ref call, ref references, and um, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'm going to get your thoughts on that, Joe. Fifth, I really hope Mark comes back, but if not, I would like to thank him. He is on my Mount Rushmore of SU players, uh, quiet, non-assuming, scrappy player that was fun to watch. Sixth, Jesse Edwards can be special Gets if he gets some weight on him. So, and COVID screwed the season, so... Which you know, well, Jesse it puts 10, 15 pounds on. He was a little bit bigger this year, and if he does the same thing, like I said, I think I'm looking for a breakout year for him. I think he proved to me some things. He didn't end the season like Sadibi did last year, but I think he ended the season enough for me to think that, like, ex- expect either him or Sadibi. Like, I want to go back to a traditional center. <laughs> yeah, the size obviously messed people up. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, look, the refs, I think this, these games against these really tight, scrappy man defense teams, it always seems like we're getting fouled and we never get the calls. And I just think it's the play. 
It just, I think it's how it feels. I didn't think that that, that game was too poorly officiated. No. And they let him play in the tournament. And, and but we it, don't play we don't play defense like that. That's the whole I, thing. I know, and that's where that's, that's a that's, that's a neg that's a negative notch to us because, you know, instead of being able to take advantage of it, you know, we're just sitting there, you know, like looking at this, like, oh, we're getting fouled. Well, yeah, it, we play lanes and spaces and players to make like shots tough. But right. We're not like all up in your crap all the time, you right? Know? And so that's why I think why it's sometimes difficult as a Syracuse fan to watch and understand. It's like. The ref can't call a foul every single time the guy touches you. Like, it's got to be legit, you know? And right, even, we like, just don't two, do that. Even the two Grimes calls. when he got, I was glad he got the two fouls like that, but I was like, damn. Like, I didn't expect him to – I mean, it was kind of, you know, handsy, but, like, that's what the, that's what you have to do. The whole thing is, is you have to continue to be aggressive and just get fouled. Yeah. This is what you have to do. Like that is the game plan. Like you need to have guys that can take it to the hole, that could possibly finish, and that could get fouled and go to the free throw line and get free points. And that's like one of the out of all of our problems that we that we do have and you know, we have seen throughout the year that we've kind of gotten better at. The one thing of our offense that we don't have is great players like that. Like Quincy can do it every once in a while against you know a mismatch, and Kadari can do it, but. It's very, very tough. We don't have those kind of guys to just be able to take it and get fouled and go hard to the rack like that. And um, it just it showed. Yeah, it showed. We, we just had to continue it, to be go, 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 go to the free throw line. You have to have that thought of just getting the, the jump shot out of your head because that's what they want you to do. You know, That's what we needed to do, and we just didn't have it, and we didn't have the down low scoring. Yeah, and right. So, uh, you know, it's tough to watch sometimes, but – and you could easily look at it and say, you know, these refs suck. But I didn't think it was terrible. I like the way the overall the officiating in the tournament has been pretty decent. Pretty decent. I watched a lot of games. It's been pretty decent. So uh, let's see one more here, or maybe we got time for two more. And we're going over a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, top fan Zach on Facebook. I'm not sad. We played our asses off down the stretch. Uh, it sucks, but with uh, losing Sadibi, Edwards stepped up his game and shown improvement. I'm optimistic for next season. We really need a true big man and some inside presence offensively. I wish we had drawn up a different game plan. This game had to be one pounding the glass and getting to the line. Zach, yes. You just read our minds. Very well said. And he's right. So, um, Zach, another one of those. Uh, at Orange Chuck, hey, you tell me in November we'd have a Sweet 16 run. I'd I'd take it and run. Hell of a season with a lot of fight, but let's lost to a better team tonight, and it happens. Sucks, but it does. Go Orange. That's right. Go Orange. Listen, we appreciate all of you for hanging out with us. We really do, and um, just not blowing smoke when we say that. It was a great season. Hats off to these guys that came out and just fought tooth and nail and and made it to the Sweet 16. I think um, what, what Joe's on TikTok. Sorry. I don't know. He's not listening per usual. That's fine. But I, I just really think that, um, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting offseason. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm, I'm not. I'm not content. But I'm happy where where SU ended up, and you know you always want more. You always want more, and it's tough. But that's it. Again, thank you to all of you for hanging out with us. Thank you eBay.com/sneakers. Thank you to Bat Online, guys. We'll be back on a regular. Don't you worry. We're giving you all the off-season juice, juice news. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.